2 Corinthians 6.18. This is going to be real quick, but it's for fathers and for everyone else here. The father support system here. I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. I'm going to repeat that verse. This is the word of the Lord. I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Here's the first truth. In the kingdom of God, there are no orphans. Everyone here, if you are a born-again believer, if Christ is the Lord of your life, we have our heavenly Father. Think about what this means. We live in a day and age, no joke, no hype, no exaggeration, no submitting of some sort of negative narrative for the purpose of enticing righteous indignation or quasi-anger. The reality is that, like never before, the idea of masculinity is under assault. For whatever reason, the devil hates men who are men. I'll repeat that. The enemy hates men who are men. You know what, what would cross darkness, the prince of darkness, Beelzebub, the great dragon, the mucho malo hombre, whatever you want to call him? You know what would cause him great anxiety? A holy, healed, humble, happy, honoring man. A man who will arrive home after working a hard day and instead of getting home and taking out a Bud Light, not a Bud Light, okay, taking out, um, this came out wrong, Modelo, thank you. That's not racist, but it is. I mean, whatever it is, Modelo. Taking out a Modelo, whatever. Sitting down with the remote control and turning on ESPN and saying, don't talk to me. Imagine the following scenario. A dad comes home. He arrives home. The first thing he does, he gives an incredibly passionate, warm, engaging kiss to his lovely bride. Not too long because that leads into other things. <clears throat> There's a time span to that. I think it's 7.3 seconds. Google that. And don't. Right after that kiss, then the father visits the children, whatever their age is, and kisses each and every one of them and walks in there just declaring, like the house of Obedidim, this house is a house of glory. Speaking the blessings and the promises of God. And they're about to have dinner, and instead of just everyone eating away, he says, before you eat, let's hold hands and say, God, thank you. Everything we have comes from you. You are worthy of our praise. Thank you for providing all of our needs according to your riches, which are in glory. Imagine that father, the same sort of father, that fathers are not perfect. My dad is not a perfect father. I can never say my dad was a perfect father. My kids can never say I was a perfect father. But what I remember from my dad, I was about 11 years old, and it wasn't the first time, but it marked me, right? When you're reaching that age, things mark you. I remember looking through the hallway, and my dad was on the side of his bed, not knowing that I can see him. And I saw my dad on the side of his bed just doing this and praying. And I went, that's the strength. I want that. Imagine a father who can say, I love you. 
Imagine a father who can say, I believe in you. Imagine a father who can say, I am sorry. I am sorry. To his spouse, to his kids, to himself. Never before has biblical masculinity been under assault. The devil hates righteous fathers, holy fathers. I served by the grace of God in a previous administration, presidential, in the White House, and I was assigned to the Fatherhood Task Force. I saw through the data, and it's still relevant today, the number one reason for poverty in America is fatherlessness. Where there's a lack of a healthy father, there's a great greater propensity for the family to be impoverished. Drug addiction, alcoholism, you name it. Depression, suicide, negative social metrics completely assigned to the lack of a dad. What is it about the presence of a dad that changes everything? Show me a dad who prays. Show me a dad who loves Jesus. Show me a dad who is healed. Show me a dad who can say, I love you and I'm sorry and I believe in you and I will show you a family thriving for the glory of the risen Christ. Does anyone here have enough faith to believe that we are about to see the emergence coming from the church? We are about to see fathers take up their roles in Jesus' name and become the priests that we need to be in our homes. Imagine a father who will rise up and fight for their family and fight for their children and fight for the marriage and fight for our values. Listen, why does the enemy come after dads? With so many things, shame, condemnation, so many things, depression, anxiety, fear, confusion, loneliness. Men suffer from loneliness. Men are not like women. I'm gonna repeat that. Men are not like women. We don't have conversations. Women are wired differently. We don't go around and start just, you know, here, let me just, no, you gotta break through so many different layers, right? So men fight with so many issues, so many things. There's so many struggles. And then, then the enemy is so wise. He comes along and, and then, then you have this thing on a phone and different things and you have pornography and addiction and so many things because if men feel full of shame, they can't speak prophetically into their families. So the enemy takes away the moral authority so men can't speak into their children, into their spouses and shift the atmosphere so they can occupy God's promises. But let me again declare in the name of Jesus. We are about to see holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry. Y'all don't believe that. What if I tell you we're about to see in California and in America a bunch of righteous men stand up and in the name of Jesus lead their families to occupy God's promises. So I'm going to share with you. It's going to take real brief. Real, real, I, I was writing an article that was going to be published about men and the Holy Spirit inspired me I've never done this before, to look at the different outcomes, values, anointings, and virtues that we can learn from famous fathers in the Bible. So let me share with you famous fathers and what we learn from them. We learn from Adam to be careful because snakes do live in life's gardens. Genesis 3.15. We learned from Noah that you can only survive the floods of life if you're willing to build before the storm arrives. Someone's building right now. Keep building. 
Whatever you're building now will save your family tomorrow. Keep building. We learn from Abraham that regardless of your age, you can always be fruitful. We learn from Isaac to dig wells. And if the enemy comes and clogs one up, dig up a new one. We learn from Jacob that there are ladders that appear in the hard places of life. And there are blessings worth fighting for. We learn from Joseph that they can take away your robe, but not your... And whatever was intended to harm you, God will turn it around in your favor. We learn from Moses that if you stretch, he will make a way. If you are still, he fights for you. If you lift up your hands, victory is secured. And if you ask God to show you his glory, he will. We learn from Joshua that sometimes you have to go around before you go through. That there's a season to be silent and a season to shout. And when the culture abandons truth and holiness, Joshua 24, 15, God's children are gathered and they're taking sides. There's a group deviating, succumbing, acquiescing, surrendering truth on the altar of political and cultural expediency. They abandoned the laws and the mandates of God. And just Joshua, the iconic legendary leader that led them into the promised land. Now he's older, he's old, and he looks around and they're saying, we're gonna go this way. We're gonna use these terms. We're gonna embrace this ideology. We're gonna do this and that. We're gonna do this. We don't care if it's not in the law, in the word, we're gonna do it. And Joshua's looking around and finally Joshua speaks up and he's hearing the division and the discord. Everyone's divided, taking sides. Who will you follow? And Joshua finally says, enough is enough. And he gets up and as the dad, he says, y'all do whatever y'all wanna do. Y'all wanna raise your kids the way you wanna raise them. You wanna deviate from God's word and do your thing and think you're still gonna make it. Good luck with that. He goes, but as for me, as for me, in my house, we shall serve the Lord. Is there anyone in Sacramento, California who can repeat those words on a Father's Day in 2023? Everything seems to be going to hell in a handbasket. Are there any men and women, are there any fathers and mothers who will declare the words of Joshua? As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Is there anyone here committed to serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in a world that is troubled and confused, broken and disturbed? Somebody repeat after me, ask for me in my house. Say it like you believe it, ask for me in my house. Say it over your family, ask for me in my house. We shall serve the Lord. You just made a commitment to God Almighty that you and your family will serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Let the Joshua's rise up. Let every single man and woman fully committed to seeing the, the emergence of holy, righteous fathers. We learn from Caleb that you are never too old to make a claim on the promises you saw in your youth. Give me my mountain, he said. We learn from Gideon that when the fire that's inside of you comes out of you, the enemy that's in front of you will be defeated before you. We learn from Samson never to trust Delilah. Where you get a haircut matters. 
Napping with the wrong people can cost you everything. And when you repent, even if you can't see it with your physical eyes, God will bring the house down. We learn from David that it is important to have more than one stone in your shepherd's back. You cannot defeat your giant wearing someone else's armor. Demons flee when we praise. I'll repeat that. Demons flee when we praise. One more time. Demons flee when we praise. Lust, lust leads to loss. And when the Lord is your shepherd, you will not need a thing because he anoints your head with oil. He prepares a table in the presence of your and your cup will. Anybody here ready for your cup to run over? We learn from Josiah that there's revival in the word of God. We learn from Hezekiah that holiness matters. We learn from Jehoshaphat that the battle belongs to the Lord. And we learn from Isaiah that what God has planned cannot be stopped. When you trust in the Lord, he will renew your strength. That God makes a way where there is no way. That no weapon, no weapon, no weapon. I said no weapon formed against you, your family, your home, your health, your marriage, your calling, your purpose shall prosper. The word of God never comes back void and at the right time, God will make it happen. And what did we learn through Jesus, with Jesus, in the name of Jesus? When we are born again, we are sons and daughters of Almighty God. When we do our Father's will, our Father will do anything for us, Matthew 6, 9. Our heavenly Father hoses in the palm of his hand. Stretch out your hands. I love John 10 about our Father. It says, our Father hoses in the palm of his hand. <laughs> Nothing. There's not a devil in hell or a person on earth that can snatch us away from our Father's hand. Everybody go like this. Tighten the grip. That's you. You are in our heavenly Father's hand. Nothing can snatch you away. This is you. You're in there. The broken you and the blessed you the right you and the wrong you. Are you with me right now? The depressed you and the happy you, regardless of your circumstance, regardless of you are in your Father's hands. We have our Heavenly Father's provision, Philippians 4.19. We have our Heavenly Father's promotion, 2 Corinthians 3.18, and our Heavenly Father's protection, 1 Corinthians 5.18, which means what? Because He is our Father, we fear nothing, we lack nothing, and nothing can separate us from His love. Because He is our Father, Every scheme of the enemy against you is defeated. Every lie falls apart. And here it is, because he is our heavenly father, every generational curse is forever, perfectly, permanently, eternally broken. If you believe that, I want you to praise like he is your father. No, 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 I want you to worship like he is your father. If you really believe that, lift up your hands and give your heavenly father the best praise you've given him on Father's Day. If you believe that every generational curse, every lie of the enemy is forever broken, he is our father. Stand with me. Stop approaching God like a beggar for crying out loud. Stop approaching God like a stranger and stop approaching God like he doesn't know who you are. I go to my daddy 
I go to my heavenly father and I go to him. Have you ever prayed like this? Has anyone ever, ever pivoted the way they pray? Has anyone ever like approached God this way, the formal way, the King James Version way? Dear if, Lord if, our Father if. So help me, there are days, there are days that you go formal. There are days you dress up and put a tux. And then there are days, so help me, I've been in a place in my life where I bypass the religious bureaucracy. And I've been in places where I just don't go and I just, anybody, am I not the only one? And I just, I just start straight up, just start with dad. Just dad. Dad. How does he respond to his kid? How does he respond to his kid? Happy Sam, sad Sam, perfect Sam, imperfect Sam. My dad looks at me and says, you're still my son. You're forever my son. You're my son regardless, in spite of you're my son. That's the father we serve as you stand with me. I want you right now, if you receive this impartation, the different virtues and anointings that stem from these iconic biblical fathers, I want you to raise your right hand. Only if you receive it and repeat after me, I am a child of God. God is my heavenly father. He knows my name. He knew me before I was born. He made me. He formed me. He predestined me. He ordained me. He called me. He chose me. He saved me. He delivered me. He healed me. He filled me. He provides for me. He protects me. The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and Joseph, the God of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is my Father. Now give him the best praise. And through Jesus Christ, we are his children. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God, John 1, 12. Look up here for a second. I want this church, and look around, it's beautiful. We need fathers to rise up. We need to pray with our families. We need to speak prophetically into our kids. I'm even gonna challenge all dads here. By the way, you're looking at a father who didn't do it always right. Didn't do it always right. There's some therapy sessions to prove that for some of my kids. I didn't do it always right. But I've learned as, I said this morning, where's Pastor Eva? I said this morning that Pastor Ava, as you well know, was, if you don't know, Pastor Ava was married to three different men. <laughs> she, she was. She was married to the Sam of the youth, to the Sam of his 20s when he was growing up, and now she's married to a different Sam. What you need to understand is that men grow and mature and the only way they can live out their God-given reality is when Christ becomes the everything of their lives. I wanna challenge all of our fathers not to just, you're beautiful, you come to church on Sunday, pray with your children, 
pray with your spouse. Get into God's Word every single day. Do at least a weekly family altar. When your kids are, even if your kids are grown up, my kids are grown up, but even when your kids are grown up and they're going through things in their own marriages and relationships, or they're young or they're teenagers or kids, whatever they're going through, speak prophetically into them. If you have teenagers and your kids are struggling with identity about sex and life and, and they're being just challenged left and right, please don't curse them. Don't tell them they're terrible. Don't tell them you're going to burn in hell in perpetuity. Would you prop, go in that family altar and go like, hey, sweetie, I just want to remind you, you are the righteousness of God. You are, the, you, you, are, you are your father's favorite child. He loves you. Speak life. Speak God's promises. Amen. Where's the little bag? never done this we're gonna do it now all the dads if you have this little bag raise your hand please if you don't have one raise your hand pastor Armando April I'm gonna need help there's a bunch of dads who don't have these little bags ushers quickly sister Kim Steph help us out here please this is so cool what we're gonna do right now it's powerful and I promise I'm gonna let you go so you go so you can go with your father's to Pollo Loco. <laughs> now don't not Pollo Loco. Don't Pollo Loco. If you have a little bag, hey dads, in that bag there's a little white piece of paper. There are a bunch of them actually, maybe three or four. There's a pen. If you're a young man and you're a future dad, you can participate in the following. You can. I want to speak to dads, physical dads, spiritual dads, biological dads, spiritual dads, and even future dads. In that piece of paper, look up here. Let me have your undivided attention, please. We all struggle with stuff. We all struggle with things. I'm going to tell you what, what, what I believe truly the Spirit of God inspired me to do today. Never done this before on Father's Day. On that piece of paper, I'm going to pray for about 30 seconds. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to convict you. I'm going to write one down. I'm going to write one thing down. I'm going to leave something behind on this stage. I'm going to bring that thing up. I'm going to leave it here, whatever it may be. <clears throat> Pastor Sam, I'm struggling with anger. Put down anger. Write it down. Pastor Sam, I'm struggling with addiction. Whatever it may be. I'm struggling with porn. I'm struggling with depression. It could be this. It could be none of the above. And you're struggling with someone in your family who you're constantly worried about. I'm struggling with great anxiety regarding my child, my wife, my this. Whatever it may be, I want you to write that down. I want to ask the Holy Spirit to convict you. You're going to lay it here on this stage, and it will die here today in the name of Jesus. I believe that. Matthew 21, 22, whatever I pray believing, it shall be done. So in Jesus' name, today's the day you leave that struggle behind. Breakthrough is about to take place on this stage. You're about to see men set free, even young men set free from things that were laid upon you, even from our fathers and our father's fathers. There's stuff we carry for generations that God has the power to deliver you from forevermore. Every curse is broken to the blood of the Lamb. So you're ready to do this. This is prophetic. We've never done this, but I sense the Lord in it. So ready, I want you to do this. Heavenly Father, every young man, every man, every spiritual dad, biological dad, I ask you, O oh Lord, right now to convict us through the Holy Spirit, to leave behind one or two, whatever it may be, maybe multiple things that serve as lids 
to the fulfillment of your God-ordained purpose in our respective lives. You want us to be everything we just laid out. You want us to be like Joshua and like Gideon, like Jehoshaphat, like Josiah and Hezekiah, like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, like Moses. You want us to be like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You want us to be that which was ordained and laid out by the finished work of Christ as it pertains to our relationship with you as your children, 1 John 5, 18. So today, whatever it may be, God, something we may not even be aware of, convict us right now. We're gonna lay it down here and we are submitting it. We are surrendering it at the feet of Jesus, the throne room of grace. Today, we give that thing up. Never again will it be dominant in our lives. Never again will it stop us. It ends right here, right now. In Jesus' name, take out that pen. Take out that paper. Go ahead, write it down. Write it down. Somebody get me a piece of paper. I must have written so many, I ran out. No, that has other stuff on. There it is. Sister Kim, don't give me somebody else's issues. Everybody have mine. I'm gonna lead by example. I'm gonna be the first one. I'm gonna place my down here. As I do this, any man in this house that says, Pastor Sam, I'm gonna join you. We're doing this. We're gonna rise up. We'll be the Joshua's in California and America in 2023. We will be the high priests of our homes for such a time as this. Any man wants to join me, I do it. Come on up and bring it up. I'm bringing it right here. Come on. Great to see you. Beautiful to see you. You just made my day. Beautiful. Wow, God bless you. Church, come on, give it up. Look at this. No, men, men, stay up here, men. Stay up here. Men, stay up here. I'm gonna pray for you. 